This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. What is Cafe Mocha? Cafe Mocha is experts, celebrities. What's up? This is Belbid DeVoe. You're truly Idris Elba. This is Fantasia. This is Invo. This is India Ari. Oh, much more. All from a woman's perspective. What flavor are you, baby? This is Cafe Mocha. Can We Talk is a song cemented in music history. Tevin Campbell was just a teenager when he linked up with Quincy Jones. His debut album went platinum and the rest is history. He's been keeping a low profile, but he's back on tour and ready to talk to the ladies of Cafe Mocha. Cafe Mocha begins now. Kevin, uh, last month you were honored at Black Music Honors. Tell us what that experience was like because, you know, a lot of times we think of people being honored, they're, you know, in their 60s. They're, you know, and you're still (laughs) a very young man who's a legend. Yeah. No, yeah, it was great. It was a night to remember I had never been on it before, so it was my first time. Yeah, it just felt amazing. And I'm at a point in my life where I am actually embracing everything that I've done, so it was perfect. And uh, I was just glad to have to sing that night. I don't think I could have done it. I was so nervous to speak and all of that. But, man, what a night. What a night. I mean, do you realize the impact that you've had? I mean, I don't (laughs) think there's – seriously, I don't think there's a day – that I turn on a radio station and go through R and B stations or stations from the nineties where you don't hear, can we talk? Do you understand how many babies were conceived to that? (laughs) (laughs) Are you just blocking it out? You don't want to think about it? (laughs) No, I actually, that's one of the biggest mistakes I made in my life. I think uh, when I stepped away, I didn't know. I didn't realize the impact. Right. And I didn't really start realizing it until maybe a couple of years ago. I had blocked all of that out. But I do now. And it's a beautiful thing. I've learned to accept it and embrace it. It's actually quite amazing. It's, mm-hmm. it's amazing. I'm sorry, Yo-Yo, but I, I have to ask the follow-up question of why did you block it out? I mean, I know that the record industry is brutal. Yo-Yo knows personally. I was right know. alongside of him. So I get it. I just, I, I was going to ask that too. I'm so interested to know because, you know, we don't hear from the artists. I'm interested to know. I did a lot of blocking myself, Tevin. Tell me your story. You know, the business and, you know, when you're a kid and, and going through all that, it's just different. I, my world was just work, 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 work. That's what it was for me. But, you know, when I left the business, I was actually happy to be away from the business because mm-hmm. it was a chance for me to sort of, <laughs> I had no idea who I was or all I knew was work. All I knew was singing in the studio. It's all I knew. So when I stepped away, I was kind of free. I became sort of a, a young man in the business. But when I left it, I didn't really know how to be a grown man out of the business. I guess that's what I'm yeah. trying to say. I had yeah. a lot to learn. You get pulled in and it's almost yeah. like you really don't know who you are. You're trusting so mm-hmm. many people. You have record executives. You have regional reps. You have managers, exactly. accountants, business managers. You have all these people around you. And as a young kid, it's a young artist. It's almost like a young actor. 
you know, it, it's that mm-hmm. same type of mentality. Yeah, I, I definitely it is. get it. What made you? I know you do. When did you realize? I mean, you said just a couple of years. You realized that who you were. I mean, what were you doing from then to now? <laughs> well, I, you know, I knew who I was, but you know, I just didn't really. I think social media had a lot to do with that. You know, um, I think I woke up one day and I was trending because people were just sharing sharing their love for Tim Campbell. I thought that was just amazing, you know. So back in the 90s, we didn't have that. Right. Um, so social media definitely uh, gave me access to that information. That helped me realize my impact back in the 90s. Because like I said, I was too busy working. And as a kid, you don't really realize it. But yeah, yeah, that is kind of a long time to block it out. <laughs> I don't really know the answer to it. I just know that I definitely know social media had a lot to do with that. And, you know, just I, I think I had to sort of find myself and live in my truth in order to embrace everything that I've done. So I just started doing that the last couple of years. It's just a beautiful thing. You know, I don't know exactly other than social media. I think that probably was the most the primary thing that got me to start doing that, to embrace my impact. surprised about the can we talk challenge and how well it did did you feel the love were you and tank already cool i mean did you discover new any artists you know from the challenge tell me about that moment (laughs) no yeah me and tank definitely we cool yeah i met tank a couple years ago we did a show together and i ran into him a couple of times throughout the year so we cool i had no idea i woke up one day and this was going on man it was amazing. It was overwhelming. I had never, uh, I, I can't even put it into words. Uh, I can't wait Kevin, to see. I'm sorry. Can you explain for people who don't know what the challenge is? Can you explain what it is, please? I think Tank started it. One of those R&B anthems. If you can't sing this full chest, no microphone, no reverb, no auto tune or nothing, you're not a real R&B singer. You know what I'm saying? Can we talk? He just had all these people singing it and who can sing it better? I, you know, everybody was doing it. Actors and, and singers and man, oh man. And it went on for months. It didn't go on for days or weeks. It went on for months and it was just, wow. You know, and I think I always kind of knew like, can we talk is, you know, my, my most popular song. But that challenge sort of just, <laughs> it engraved it in my heart at that that can we talk as a beast that challenge was amazing that really just i felt that <laughs> i felt the love on that that was great 
You mentioned that you were glad that you didn't have to perform at the Black Music Honors. <laughs> are you, I mean, you know, are you ready? Do you feel ready to get back out on that stage and, you know, do your thing? No, I'm definitely ready. It's it's the TV stuff that gets me that gets me nervous and the cameras and everything. I love being on the stage. And the thing about that is back in the 90s, I didn't really go on tour. I think I did one tour. Really? The Man and Baby Face, yeah. And it was my Christmas break, so it was like three weeks. My mom did not like me on the road. She mm. didn't like me out of school. So it's fun doing it now, you know? And it's fun singing the songs in the same key because a lot of people come and they're like, hmm, you know, it's been a while. still You know, and to see the look on their face. But, you know, I just love singing. I've always loved singing. And um, I'm very comfortable on the stage. I'm, I'm looking very, I'm very much looking forward to October. But, but if you love it so much, I know you already said, how could you give it up for so long? Were you singing in the shower? Were you, <laughs> did you, did you like go to Europe and put on an Afro wig and pretend to be somebody else? If you love it that much, like how do you give that up? What were you doing well, I, instead? Well, I didn't love the business that much. Yeah. If I couldn't sing, I don't know what I could what I would do. That's all I know how to do. So yeah. the business is just different. I didn't have any problem being away from the business that long. I really <laughs> didn't. I, uh, I did not. And I, and I ran into a lot of people. Why did you stop making music? And, but you know, what happened was 2001 was the greatest hits. And that's when I left Warner Brothers. And um, in 2005, I got a part on Broadway in a show called Hairspray. And I did yeah. that for six years. Yeah. So that was, I got to use my voice every day, eight, eight shows a week. I was going to say a lot of times a day. Broadway's no joke. (laughs) (laughs) So I was always singing, you know, I mean, that's my baby. My voice is my baby. You know what I'm saying? So that was always something that I did, but I was very happy to be away from the business. So Broadway came about, that was amazing. And then, uh, you know, and I did sporadic shows here and there, never, never anything consistent like I'm doing now. But I think everything happens for a reason. And uh, I think that it was good for me to be away from the business. It really was. It, it, it. Like I said, when you're a child star, you learn a lot early, but you don't know what to do with it. Can I tell you something? Um, because, I am smiling from yeah. ear to ear. I don't know if you can hear my smile, but I am so happy that I can feel your excitement. And from knowing you, it just feels so good because one of the greatest singers to ever sing, young, talented star, a major baby. And when I say that, I mean, you know, you grew up from a major label and had to kind of wing it on your own. I want to talk about this second album. When you were 16, Prince wrote and produced, I think four songs on your album. That was crazy. Four songs. I'm ready. One of the songs, break it down. Um, was really raunchy for a 16 year old. Um, (laughs) I'd rather do you after school, like some homework. (laughs) Yeah, you know Prince. Man. What was you know, what was your reaction yeah. to all of this? Were you shy? I was a very shy kid. Yeah, I was being used as sort of a muse. I was a muse for a lot of all the producers I worked with. Right, so Prince, Narda, they knew they had this kid that had this mature voice that could sing these ballads. Let's use him because they were all going through marriages and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> so I think I was being used as muse, but Prince was different. I wasn't shy around Prince. 
uh, he was kind of sort of, he was like a big brother. So it was sort of like, um, because at first I met him when I was 12, you know, so I'd already knew him and worked with him on uh, Round and Round. And I Mm -hmm. did the movie Graffiti Bridge, so I was on the set. So I knew him very well already. So it wasn't like, I wasn't shy around friends, (laughs) not at all. And we would drive around and listen to music and we would, you know, drive around Bel Air looking at houses and he, I'm going to buy that next month. Like, okay. You know, that was kind of cool. And he did it. He was so cool. cool. Like it was like hanging out with a big brother. As far as the songs, I didn't care. I, if, if I liked it, I'll sing it. All of that stuff was, especially break it down. I didn't care. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't, I just sing it. I didn't care about that. And I didn't know anything about what I was saying about <laughs> I didn't know anything about what I was thinking about. Trust me, all of those songs, like, and I hate to say this, but, you know, always in my heart and tell me what you want me to do. And those are very mature songs for a 13, 14, 15 year old to be singing. Yeah. But I could make yeah. it believable. And they knew that. Warner Brothers knew that. So it was, yeah. you know, and they're, and they're classic love songs. So they last forever, which is a beautiful thing. I'm very happy about that. I yeah. want to go back further to pre-debut album uh, mm. with Quincy Jones and and that cute song with that cute little boy that was so optimistic and you're like 13 <laughs> years old a better you a better me it was just such a little I'm like who is this cute little boy how sweet <laughs> for you to be 13 and for you to be in the studio with Quincy Jones that's like something that people that have been working forever don't get to do. So I'm sure you didn't understand the magnitude at the moment, but how did no. that even happen? Well, I was 12 when I met him. We had to go to Bobby Humphrey first. Bobby Humphrey owned a club called Sweetwaters in New York City. And her brother and my mom were good friends. And so she heard me sing over the phone. She was like, oh, 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 oh she can sing. So she flew me out to New York. She recorded me um, on the video camera singing, I think it was once, twice, three times by Howard Hewitt, and You Bring Me Joy by Anita Baker in front of all these adults on this stage at a club. I was 11, I think, and uh, she sent that tape to all these record companies, and eventually Quincy saw the tape, and that's how I, I hooked up with Quincy. Now, tomorrow, of course, I was the youngest <laughs> one there, Sarah Vaughn and Ella Fitzgerald and Barry White. I didn't know who these people were, but I knew they were <laughs> important. The only people that I knew at the time were Whitney Houston and, and you know, like uh, Aretha Franklin. And I wasn't familiar with Sarah Vaughn or Ella Fitzgerald or Barry White, but I knew there was a lot of great stuff going on around me. I didn't really know who Quincy Jones was. I knew he produced Thriller. Yeah. But I didn't really know his the depth that he had in the music industry. I was a kid, you know, I was just a, I was a little kid who'd love to sing anything I heard. I love to sing. I didn't, I didn't care about uh, the uh, specifics of it. I just needed to know who the singer was and what the song was. But anyway, that's how the whole Quincy connection came about. I'm actually very, very happy that that was my first song because I listen to it now and it makes me grin. That's one of the songs I can listen to and it makes me smile. Because it's a message and it's just a beautiful song. So it's sweet. Um, yeah. It's hopeful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very hopeful, very positive. Uh I sound like just that, that my voice will never ever sound like that again. That's right before my voice starts to change. So it's just sweet to listen to it, you know. That and round and round, actually, when my voice was real, real high before the puberty hit. Uh it makes me really listen to those too. 
So yeah, I'm, I'm proud of that. So I'm proud of that whole experience that I had with those great people. I hate that I wasn't more educated back then as to who Saravon was, and, but I was 11, 12 years yeah, old. So, right. But I'm just happy to have had that experience. Not everyone can say that they were in the studio with Ella Fitzgerald and, and Sarah Vaughn and Barry White and <laughs> Ray Charles and, you know, Shaka Khan. <laughs> Not Isn't everyone that at amazing? the same time. At 11. At 12 years old. So yeah, 12. That, that's, yeah. <laughs> Hanging with all these people. And everybody was there at the same time, literally. You know, that's so... Cool. Wolfgang Puck making sandwiches in the studio. I'll never forget that. remember. <laughs> the beauty of coming back and making comebacks. That's one thing about great voices and great music. It never dies. You know, just the fact that that one day you can wake up, what, two years ago and, and trend to a whole new generation who knew nothing about you and walk out on stage as if you never left. That has to feel amazing. Yeah, it, it do. Don't get me all emotional up here. It do feel good. It has good. to feel you know amazing. We're both yeah. Warner Brothers labels. We both come from mm-hmm, Quincy mm-hmm. Jones. I know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You do know. <laughs> you still I've, do know. No, it, yes. I, I used to, I used to uh, say that I wish Warner Brothers would have went in the direction of uh, maybe not having me record such mature love songs but then I took that back because that is what people love people love love songs the music I did it wasn't just um, lollipop music and I'm very 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 thankful for that you know and I work with some really great producers man I I, I regret that I waited so late to embrace all of that but I'm just glad I can embrace it now <laughs> but it's a what, great thing it's a great thing what what's on your playlist right now what do you listen oh. to I love Jasmine. Anything Jasmine sells, I just love listening, listening to her sing. <laughs> Have you I been to any of her shows? I went to her show in L.A. when she was out on tour. This last tour she was out on. And I was, I had the little suite. And they hooked me up. They hooked me up. They treated me like a VIP. <laughs> I love her. I love her. Uh, oh, she's great. Her voice, She, you know, she does it for me. I would love to do a duet with Beyonce. I would love to do a duet with um a lot of people, but who's on my playlist right now? I have from Patsy Klein to Jasmine Sullivan, from um, Kendrick Lamar. Everybody's on my iTunes. Everybody's okay. on my iTunes. I do like that song. You don't need to know nobody. I like that group. I don't know the name of the group, but I like them. You don't oh, need to know Oh, you're talking about um, Essence, Wizkid. I like them. Yeah, they, that stuff very out of uh, Africa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were touch with melody i like to hear that mm-hmm. i try to you know keep up with what's going on but not too many people impress me too much so dream collaboration is beyonce who else we trying to get you ready for the next you know single <laughs> the next <little> record <laughs> if you decide to do maybe EP. I got that, hey i gotta shut up definitely in the works i got some people on there i ain't gonna say nothing now but it's <laughs> definitely it's definitely in the works i got baby faces gonna hook me up you know and that's a, you know, people don't expect that, but I have nothing to lose. You know, I'm not going to not release the music. I need to just, I got, I need to see some. So that's, that's, what it. <laughs> that's, Tevin Campbell. that's what I love about Tevin. I, I love the fact that when you reach the point, Tevin, where you could live within your truth, that, that says so mm. much to me as a, uh, Believe it or not, I'm a I'm a child artist. 
So I get it. Mm-hmm. But to, to hear mm-hmm. you say you live with your truth, you fought through that challenge, you made it back. You got a chance to receive your flowers, know who you are and be able to stand in it wholeheartedly. That, that, that's a lot. And to know that you're on tour, we get a chance to come out and witness your truth and see your growth and, and experience this new life because artists don't die. We multiply. We get these new kids on the block to come back out and, and put our stuff out or do a TikTok video that goes yeah. viral. And, you know, yes. and <laughs> yeah. yes. 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 I'm excited about no. it. I love you so much. And I'm so excited. I know I would love for our, our followers on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram to go online and tell us what's their favorite Tevin Campbell song. We definitely get it all. We want to hear from them as well hey thank you for having me on no I'm problem not, you know i really uh, appreciate it you know i love you yo yeah i've always I, loved you, you know yo-yo. i love you too Te- 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 tevin's song happy birthday to me he came out on stage he had this big cake i think i was 21 i turned 21 he was 16 oh wow all the way back golly i love you so much I love you too, baby. I love you too. Congratulations. We're definitely going to rock you. I appreciate y'all having me. Where can the people find you and follow you? Oh, come to Instagram, please. Because I had somebody imitating me on uh, Facebook and they got over like 500K. Come come to Instagram and follow the real dude. Just put my name in. Look for that little blue check. uh, Thank you, Tevin. (laughs) Thank you so much. Atlanta, October 1st, Charlotte, October 2nd, Chicago, October 3rd, Miami, October 16th. I haven't heard L.A., but I know what's coming. Thank you, <laughs> <laughs> Thank y'all for having me. I appreciate Thank you, Tevin. It. Have a good one. And of course, Tevin Campbell is headed out on his first tour in a long time. Atlanta, October 1st, Charlotte, October 2nd, Chicago, October 3rd. We're still waiting for those New York and L.A. dates. <laughs> Thanks, Tevin. Morlani. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Cafe Mocha. It's Cafe Mocha. Angelique, Lonnie Love, Yo-Yo on the line. Cynthia Arrivo. Okay, welcome back to Cafe Mocha, Cynthia. How are you? Thank you. I'm good. Thank you. How are you? We're great. But, you know, I just wonder, while while most of us were at home, locked down, watching TV, (laughs) it seemed like you were doing your thing. You were performing at the Oscars. You uh, did a show for the debut of Aretha on Nat Geo. The second the Hollywood Bowl in L.A. reopened, you were one of the first performers. So I got to ask you, what was the pandemic yeah. like for you? <laughs> <laughs> um, surprisingly busy. Um, I, and I didn't I didn't think it was going to be, but it sort of just like picked up speed as it was going along. And people were finding ways for me to to be creative. And I was finding ways to be creative. And for a minute, we shut down on Aretha and then they beautifully found a way to, to continue production and we managed to get that finished to to, to get it on the air. So it, it's been crazy and amazing and I've definitely been 
lucky enough to, to do some wonderful things. You've got a movie out that we want to talk about. Did you shoot that during the yes. pandemic too? Um, are you thinking about a Needle in a Time Sack? Uh-huh. No, we did that. We, we filmed that a good few years ago. I think maybe coming up to three years ago now. Uh, and it was sort of like on ice for a little bit. And then all of a sudden they were like, yeah, we want to we put it out. And, and so, so it came out. I was really pleased to see the response to it because it was sort of like one of those things that you do and you think, well, it's never going never gonna to see the light of day, but it's done. But why yeah. wouldn't it see the light of day? I mean, it was written and produced by the guy who did 12 Years a Slave. Orlando Bloom is one of the co-stars. Leslie Odom Jr. from Hamilton, and he plays Sam Cooke in uh, One Night yeah. in Miami. Why wouldn't that yeah. be released when you guys did it? I mean, well, when we did it, like, neither Leslie or I had been nominated. We were sort of, like, still new in the game. And I don't know, like, I think all of that sort of changed after a while, sort of like trajectories changed, you know, I think things happen in studios and they all make sort of decisions. And once we do our part on, on film, it's sort of like left to higher powers to decide what happens next. Before we get into the multicultural casting, I just want to yeah. ask, what is Needle in a Time Stack about? Um, it's essentially, it's like a love story. A woman who is married to a man called Nick, they're very much in love, they're meant to be together, um, is being sought after by her ex-husband, who also is in love with her. But, but more than anything, I think it's about his finding his happiness. And I think he believes his happiness is with her. And we come to realize that actually his happiness is somewhere in himself that he has to find. Um, and he keeps time traveling to, to sh- or shifting the time to make it so that he can be back with her. Um, and eventually he succeeds. Um, spoilers, sorry. Um, succeeds, <laughs> but, but Nick has this aching feeling that something isn't quite right when the time has shifted. So he goes back himself and tries to write things. And whether or not he gets there, we, we don't know. I'm scared to go to the movies, but I'm excited to see this casting because I don't know about you, Yo-Yo. I don't know if anybody listening right now has ever seen a movie where a white guy and a black guy are fighting over a black woman. Right. Right. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And and it was sort of like, I was so surprised that that's, that's how they wanted it. That's what they wanted Janine to be. And that's, that's how they saw it. And I was sort of like, this is such a wonderful opportunity to sort of change the narrative that a black woman can be desirable and a black woman can have love in her life and be and be wanted and and be be sought after yeah it is written and directed by john ridley i mentioned he wrote 12 years a slave he did um Mm -hmm. red tails as well i'm wondering when you do these race-related movies like harriet like aretha Mm -hmm. does it make a difference Mm -hmm. when it's a black writer director i mean I think so, just because there's a sort of deeper understanding about the story that is being told. I think that's really important. I think also it, it shifts what it's like on, on the set, because I think there's, um, there's a tenderness that needs to be given when you're dealing with these, these people. You know, Aretha may not necessarily be completely about race, but her story is so um, fragile. She's uh, a, a very strong woman who had her own thoughts but like her life was not an easy one and so you want to make sure that whoever is helping to tell that story is also understanding of where 
this person is coming from is empathy, you know? And I think that having a black writer-director sometimes gives you the right amount of empathy that is needed in order to tell the story fully. You feel safe doing it. You also released your first album, which to me is hard uh-huh. to believe. You know, we've been <sighs> we've been talking about your voice, seeing you perform at award shows for years. And it's yeah. really just hard to believe that you're putting out your first full album. Uh, let's start with the title, <laughs> Chapter One, <laughs> Verse One. I mean, it's pretty obvious, but why do you title it that? Because for me, it really is like the beginning. It's the beginning of something that I hope will continue. When you open a book, the first thing you see is chapter one. And then the first thing you read is the, ver- the first verse. Or, you know, or it, obviously the Bible begins at chapter one, verse one. And I, I wanted something that said, I'm, I'm starting something and I hope that there is room for me to continue, you know? Because um, it does, it feels like a real new beginning for me. Cynthia, this is your first album. What can we expect from it? Um, you can expect uh, it to be really personal. Uh, there's loads of stories that come from my experience in my life, um, the people I've met, the people uh, I've seen in passing, the experiences I've had, love, loss, all of those things. Um, I've, I wrote on all 12 of the songs um, and I'm really proud of it. So I hope you'll expect, hopefully you'll like the melodies that come from it. Um, but you'll hear some good singing, hopefully, and uh, and some good looks. Cynthia Arrivo on Cafe Mocha. More on the way. Here's your dose of espresso. Strong, hot news now. This is the espresso. More than half the people who have caught monkeypox in this country are black and Latino, and yes, gay men. But that's not the only way you catch it. We have to figure out how to hold two thoughts in our head at once. One is it's not a gay disease, but it's happening among men who have sex with men. That's not the way it was spread in Africa. It is spreading in our community, so we need to know the facts. All three men who hunted down Ahmad Arbery and killed him will get life in prison. His mom spoke after the verdict. I'm very proud to say that we finally got justice for Ahmad on a federal level. I am pleased that they would do their time in in the state penitentiary. And that's what I had been screaming the whole time. And Khalees may not be very happy with what Beyonce did with her song, but Twinkie Clark of the Clark Sisters is. There's a line of a song I wrote that Beyonce included in her new song, Church Girl. That says, center of thy will. That means I want to be in the will of God. Thanks, Beyonce. In the holy will. In the holy will. That's the espresso. We're at Cafe Mocha Radio. Socially. It's Cafe Mocha on the line. The one and only Cynthia Revo. You know, Cynthia, first of all, I was introduced to you when you were on Broadway. Your <laughs> voice is so strong. It is just a pure voice. Did you always want to be a singer? Yeah, I mean, the first time I thought, oh, I want to do this is when I was about five. Um, I did like a nativity show and they asked me to sing Silent Night by myself. And I, I think what I loved the most was like the feeling of people enjoying it. I knew from that moment that I wanted to be a singer because I, I knew it made people happy. So that's sort of the thing I'm chasing, making sure that people feel good when they hear me. It's Cafe Mocha on the line, the one and only Cynthia Revo, and I am just happy to be talking with her. Now, Cynthia, you are one of the few 
actresses from Broadway to transition. There've been like, I'm, I'm talking of color to transition uh-huh. from Broadway to doing mm-hmm. actual movies. Tell me about that process. Was it hard and what's the difference? Hard is not necessarily the word, but different is. I mm. think it was, I think I sort of was ready when it happened to sort of learn something new and, and stretch a different kind of muscle. Um, obviously with, with theatre, you have your live audience and so you're sort of relying on them to tell you what they need. Um, and so you can bounce off them and they, they'll laugh or they'll cry or you'll hear them or they'll shout out or they'll be silent. And all of those things are indications of what you're doing or, the, what, or whether what you're doing is actually serving them because that's always the case. How best can I tell this story? When you're on film or when you're on TV, you don't, you don't have that. You have your, your director and you have your DP and you have your other colleagues. Everyone is on, on set with you. And you have to trust that the way they're reacting, what they're giving you is is enough to tell the story. You don't have like the call and response that you have from an audience. You sort of have to trust, um, sometimes a lot of blindly, that what you're doing is gonna is gonna translate, um, which is interesting. And and also like with theatre, you don't get ten tries. If you get it wrong, you get it wrong, and you have to you don't have until the next day to exactly. do it again. And by then, it's a completely different audience. But when you're on set, you can you can try again until you you can't anymore. Cynthia Arrivo on Cafe Mocha. It's Cafe Mocha on the line. The one and only Cynthia Arrivo. I just want to, Lonnie. I just want to point out that when it comes to going from Broadway to mainstream TV, I just don't think that a lot of people of any color are doing it. It's like Broadway has always been Broadway and you might be a a superstar like Usher and get to go to Broadway, but it's almost never where somebody comes from Broadway and from Broadway, they become a superstar. And what's super cool about this, Cynthia, is that you're one of them, the the, uh, black and Latino guys and girls from Hamilton it's like uh, that is so exciting to me because I saw you on Broadway too and I was in tears like everybody (laughs) else in that audience (laughs) thank you yeah I mean I just I don't know that I I expected that that would happen I I mean honestly I did this little show in London first in like a 200 seater theater they transferred that to to Broadway and I was happy to be on Broadway because I'd never been on Broadway before and then the rest is sort of history. It's sort of, I think Viva Queen was the first person to cast, to cast me in a movie and then Deborah Martin chased for Harriet and it sort of just took on a, a life of its own and I'm very lucky um, that people were willing to give me a chance to, to try something new. Of course, you know what? And the thing is you did it so well, Cynthia. Now I want to get back to Thank this you. album because I'm looking at 12 Hot Track and I mm, love yeah. the name Mama, Glow Up, You're yeah. Not Here. Tears, Sweet Sarah, I Might Be In Love With You, A Window, Day Off, The Good, Hero, Alive, What In The World, but which one? Oh, Glowing Up. And tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I wrote this song um, because I sort of was, I guess it was like a reflective moment and realizing how far I'd come. And I think that that's a song that everyone can relate to. doesn't matter how small the thing you're doing is. If you've taken a step forward, that's a moment of growth. And that's what the song is really about. It's not the material things. It's about how you as a person have grown forward uh, in, in any way, um, which I think is, is a way of glowing up. Yeah. 
It's Cafe Mocha on the line. We're talking to Cynthia Revo, her new album, Chapter One, Verse One. Okay, and it's yeah. available right now. Uh, we have Yo-Yo on the line. Yo-Yo, you want to say something? Yeah, I'm interested in knowing. She said she wrote Glowing Up. Did you write majority of this album? I wrote every single song. I'm on every single song, yeah. And and um, I think the most writers we have on any one song is four. Thank you so much for spending yes, time thank with you. us today, Cynthia. Thank you. I know you're busy, girl. My pleasure. <laughs> We're going to keep pushing <laughs> Never too. Never too busy for you. Yes. Thank you so much. I'm being here. Thank you so much for always having me on. It's just, it means a lot. Thank you. That's the show. If you miss any part of it or you want more, go to wherever you listen to podcasts iTunes, Spotify, type in Cafe Mocha Radio, click subscribe. Until next time, you can find us on all platforms at Cafe Mocha Radio. Cafe Mocha is a production of Miles Ahead Broadcasting in partnership with Compass Media. Executive producer Sheila Eldridge. For comments, booking, or more information, visit cafemocaradio.com. This message. 